Hello, and welcome to Her Mighty Surrender. This is Therese Picola. So good to be with you today. Um, I hope everybody is having a holy and fruitful uh, Lent. I know sometimes for me, as I get to this time in Lent, it gets to be a little bit of a struggle. But praise God, I am attending a Lenten retreat this week, and it's been um, really good for me, good for the soul, good examine of conscience, just a lot of great things coming out of it, a lot of graces. And I hope that you are finding ways to receive those graces this Lent as well, as we get ready for Holy Week and the resurrection of our Lord. Um, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about what happens after liberation. Um, but before we begin, let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, united with your mystical body, the Church, and in union with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we gather to praise, adore, and glorify you. Before time, you existed co-eternal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Through you, all things were created, the seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels, and angels. The cosmos and all it contains was created by the Father through you and in the Holy Spirit. Nothing would exist without you, and nothing remains in being without you. You alone have dominion over every created thing. To you, then, our Lord and Master, we raise our voices in prayer and supplication. Watch over us and keep us safe in your care. By your power over all things, render deaf, dumb, blind, and utterly impotent any and all evil spirits who would seek to harm us. By the power of your most precious blood, Purify and sanctify us, this podcast, and all who hear it. Grant that the words, thoughts, ideas, and movements of our hearts shared in this program may glorify you, the one true God, and help us grow in virtue and holiness. Heavenly Father, your boundless, relentless love for us is made manifest in the incarnation of Jesus, your Son. Through him you have expiated our sins and claimed us as your own. Please hear and grant our prayers offered to you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, um, I'm not overly prepared for this episode. I I have to... um, be uh, upfront with that, but it was just something that the Lord put on my heart to talk about because we have spoken, um, you know, I've, I've, I've shared a lot about um, of what happened during my ses- sessions, what led to them, the battle and, and all that, but I haven't really touched much on what happens afterwards. And I think um, instead of kind of a continuation of of going through the stages of the exorcism I wanted to fast forward and and talk a little bit about this because I think it's important for people to know um where a person is at when they come out of this at least from my experience and this would be different for for anyone who would go through this experience but I think some of the things are probably similar and also to give hope to those who might be um, in a in a position where they're suffering having um, dealing with an oppression or or something of that nature so um, it's funny because I remember the last session um, when I was liberated and I think I've touched on this session um, and what was happening there, but it, it was pretty intense. Um, it was um, 
I really didn't think anything was going to happen. I really, I was getting so beat down. It was very painful physically, um, spiritually, it was very painful. Um, and this is when the Lord had, um, called on me to, um, to ask, um, if I would, um, consecrate myself to the cross and in doing so that release, um, and what came with that, because there was a lot of, um, a lot of things lifted when I made that decision to do so. It was like an understanding of what that meant that he placed on my heart, um, knowledge of, um, of evil and, but knowledge of the mercy of God and that all kind of, um, was placed on my heart in that moment. So, um, anyway, without getting into a lot of details in that session, I was, I was liberated, um, after I, I did consecrate myself to his cross. Um, we prayed before the crucifix and, um, I remember my husband saying to me when, um, when everything became quiet and I just kind of, um, became still, he said to me, you opened your eyes and you looked like a newborn baby. My, they were wide, my eyes were wide eyed and I was just kind of looking around the room. And I do remember this weird feeling of, is that it? You know, and you know, you go through so many of these moments where you think you're going to be liberated, you think it's finally over, and then you're not. So there's always kind of this, you know, this, this build up and then this let down. And I remember feeling hesitant to even think that this might have occurred. So I was just sitting there waiting for something to go wrong. I was waiting for for the agitation to start and in the the you know writhing and screaming and and it was just completely silent and I really uh, there were just no words to even come to me I was it was just I was just looking around and and thinking okay wait I'm seeing this I I have clarity and I remember hearing them talking around me and there was people crying and (laughs) because they were all seeing what I couldn't see you know, um, myself because they were looking at me, they saw my eyes were clear. Um, my face had changed. There was just, um, different things to indicate that, um, I had been liberated. And so I sat there for a good while and, um, and then just, I felt like I was in shock. It really, and this went on for a while. I just kind of moved around day to day, like in disbelief almost not, um, not like a paranoia, I guess, but more just, is this, is it really over? Is this really done? Am I really free? And I remember um, getting ready to leave from that session. Father had said to both my husband and I, be very, very careful because you're vulnerable. Um, the evil one has, you know, you have been liber- liberated. He has left, but he's not going to leave you alone. Um, so just be extra cautious, be extra prayerful and, you know, even driving home, you know, and so we were, and, um, and it was, you know, I, I was happy, but again, because I, I was almost like waiting or expecting something to go wrong. I really didn't have a sense of joy about it. Um, and for the first few months, really, yeah, probably the first few months, I really struggled because 
I didn't really know where I was supposed to fit in. You know, I couldn't go back to my old ways, nor did I want to, but I really didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I felt this desire on my heart to do something for the Lord. Um, I felt like he was calling me into something, but, you know, it, it was hard to have good discernment because I think in that moment, I just wanted so, so deeply to just do whatever I could for him because I was so thankful that he had liberated me, um, that I wasn't really taking time to take care of myself, um, and to just sit back and, and simply just live, just, just live life. Um, and, and life just felt different. So I didn't even really know how to live quote unquote, a normal type of, of life. Um, I went back to work, um, but I, I, it was lacking purpose at that point. It just felt like I was just going, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. It felt, I was hypersensitive to anything offensive to the Lord, anything offensive to Holy Mother Church. I just became very aware of, um, things that were happening that were, um, that were hurting the church. And, um, and that was difficult because I, I worked in an environment where I was hearing a lot about the church quite often. Um, at home it was, I think, you know, everyone just, the kids really just wanted life to resume as normal. And I think some of them struggled with that more than others. Like, what is normal going to be? And for them, you know, I know my one son, it was like normal. Oh, how come you don't have your friends over? And, you know, you used to sit around and have drinks with with your your pals, dad. And a lot of things had changed. And so what his sense of normal was, was not going to be the new normal for us. And so there was just this strange kind of transition um, and then I was offered a, a job opportunity that was, um, that was going to kind of remove me from the situation I was in. It was going to allow me um, to go to mass daily and to be in a very like an authentically Catholic environment. Um, and so after praying, it just, you know, I think you could appreciate this, some of you, where everything just falls in line the way it's supposed to. All the obstacles get moved out of the way and everything lines up and, and you just know that God's hand is in it. So, And I knew because this is what was happening. And I knew that he this is what he wanted for me. Although I, I didn't know why at the time because there were some other obstacles that it created with just not having as much time for the family and, and things like that. But um, once I started and once I kind of um, got into that position and, and was learning the role, but then was spending a lot more time in church and adoration at mass, um, I, I realized in looking back, especially now, I realized it was really a time of self-discovery for me. Um, I didn't really, um, I didn't really have this identity uh, in Christ. Like I didn't even know what my identity was. My identity had always been attached to this other person that had been created, this false identity that was created through sin and through, um, oppression and possession and all that. So, so I really didn't know what God created me to be. 
And so this time became a time of um, self-reflection, self-discovery, learning my faith, learning what that meant to me personally. Um, It was like it created building blocks for me that actually not just helped me, but helped me learn how to better care for my family through the lens of our faith and what that meant to be a wife, to be a mother, um, what God intended um, in that. And it was really beautiful. It was really necessary. Um, it was almost like time stood still for a period of time when I was first working, maybe the first six months or so, where time stood still for me. And I really was able to devote a lot of time to myself in a much different way, because with the going through the session, excuse me, the sessions and all that, yes, it was time that I had to devote to myself and, and, and healing. But, um, this was really about just me, me and the Lord and like what that looks like. And then being able to extend that person out to the people in my life that I care about and that I take care of. And, um, it was very, very helpful it forced me to slow down. It made me pause and really stop trying to push what I believed the Lord wanted me to do and just stop and listen and wait for him to guide me into what he wanted me to do. Um, during this time, I had the opportunity to attend a conference it again, this was a situation that it was not on my schedule. I had no idea who this organization was. I didn't know the conference was happening. And someone that I barely knew happened to call and say, Hey, I have an extra ticket to this conference. Would you like to come? And I said, Okay, well, what is the conference on? And they said, Spiritual warfare. <laughs> so I thought, Okay, okay, Lord, you're funny. So, um, so I went and it was. I received many graces and many answers from that conference um, that confirmed me in what God wanted me to do next. And that being that he really wanted me to to share my story, to, um, to minister to people that may be going through these types of um, difficulties like I've had in my life. And, um, but how, that was going to look, I wasn't quite sure. He really, I think, was prompting me to write. So I did start writing. I started working on a book, um, met some people and, and different things um, that occurred and relationships formed from that, um, which were very beneficial and um, good, solid friendships that would carry me even through till today. Um, but it was, um, it, he gave it to me at the time I needed it. and I w- And it was when I wasn't looking for it or expecting it. And what's interesting is leading up to the conference, um, the few days prior to, before I was invited to go, I had all these um, series of things that were happening. I became very sick out of the blue, just a fever. Um, I, I just, all these things started happening and I'm thinking, what the heck is happening? Of course, you know, your paranoia, um, always comes into play because after you've gone through, um, spiritual warfare and the way I did, um, anytime something feels off immediately, your mind goes to, Oh no, Oh no. What is that? Is it's the evil one. And something is happening because you know, there's just that, 
you're still trying to build that trust with the Lord and that he's taking care of you. So anytime there's like a suffering that feels like out of line with what the Lord would give you, you immediately go to, oh, it's the evil one. The evil one is, is, you know, um, you know, back and he's, and maybe I'm not really liberated and all these feelings come back. But yeah, there was a series of things that happened. And then I was invited to the conference and I realized, um, because so much, so many fruits came out of that conference that, um, it was, I think the evil one interfering with me going. And so praise God, I went, I, I pushed through, even though when I said yes, I was feeling terrible. Um, by the time I got there, I was feeling much better. And actually there was a, an exorcist priest there who I didn't know, but I told him, I said, I'm experiencing some, some things. I think I'm under attack. And he prayed over me, um, right there on the spot, which was beautiful. And it, it was like, it just released whatever was happening, um, whatever that oppression was, whatever that distraction or, um, you know, interference of the evil one was to, to keep me from, from receiving all these graces that I would go on to receive at the conference. So, um, so that was really beautiful. So I left there very convicted about what to do going forward, how that was going to look. I didn't really know. Um, the one thing I, I, I did want to say though, is just because, I was very blessed. I was very blessed. I, even though I went through great suffering, I had exposure to the saints, to the blessed mother, to Jesus, to all these beautiful gifts that I was given through my suffering. Um, and it, and it was wonderful. Um, but that doesn't make a person perfect. I'm, I'm still a sinful person. I still struggle. I still, um, I still question, um, trust. I, you know, I still worry. I still try to control things sometimes. Um, you know, now maybe someone else who's been through this experience, maybe God gifts them with something that allows them to just never have any of those experiences ever again. But that's not how it is for me. For me, I'm still walking this earth. I'm still, um, you know, making, you know, clearing that path, hopefully to heaven, um, or at least to purgatory, God willing. Um, but it still takes a lot of work. I'm still tempted. I'm still dealing. Um, I'm liberated. And like, and I, what I like to try to impress on people is that liberation does not equal healing. Healing takes a long time. And I mean, God could do anything. He could heal you immediately, but generally that's not how it works because we have to go through all those, all those things that came out in my sessions. Now I have to continue to go through that, to heal from that, to understand, to forgive, to, um, to make amends, to, um, reparation for, for sins that I've committed. There's a lot of steps that still have to occur. And, um, little by little, God exposes things to me. I believe as I can handle them, honestly, because I think, again, if he did like a information dump, I probably wouldn't be able to handle it. So, um, even now there's things that, that in prayer, I'll say, Oh my goodness, I totally forgot about that. And I'll bring it to confession because, um, I, I want to be as pure and clean for the Lord as possible. And, and that's a struggle, um, just in daily sin, but, um, you know, these venial sins that, that we just struggle with day to day, but, um, anything that I felt that I might not have brought to him previously or that I was, um, that was suppressed, he's exposing that a little at a time and allowing me to really, 
um, dissect it and heal. And I think that's beautiful and I'm grateful for it, but it also requires that continuous work. Um, we can't just stop just because the big stuff is done. Um, it's in the little details sometimes where the biggest struggles occur. So, um, for anyone who, uh, maybe has even dealt with an oppression, yes, if it's lifted, if you've gone to confession, if you've had prayers, it's beautiful. But don't let your guard down entirely because you still have to work at those things that that brought you to that oppression. The, the, there's the sinfulness, the shortcomings, the lack of trust, the control, whatever it might be, that pushed you towards that oppression. You still have to overcome those, heal from those, something wounded that might have, um, something that wounded you that might have caused you to, to get to that point. Um, so we are constantly working. I mean, everyone, it does not matter. You didn't, you don't have to be in the situation I was in, um, to, to realize that we are a work in progress from, from the day we're born to the day we die. We are constantly either walking towards the Lord or walking away from him. And that's a daily struggle for most of us. Um, and we have to just, stay on that path the best that we can and keep moving forward. The difference for me now is that I have a trust and a peace that I did not have before. Um, Things, you know, my kids still struggle, you know, family members struggle. I have friends who go through difficulties and it's very hard for me knowing, um, knowing what could happen because of my experience, it's hard for me to hear or witness when someone does something um, that I know is detrimental to their soul. But there is a, a trust in prayer and a trust in God's mercy that definitely gives me peace now where it didn't before. Um, even something as simple as like my child getting into the car and driving and knowing you know, I'm, you know, I know they're tired. I know there's reckless people or whatever. And where prior there was just this constant, this like spirit of death of someone's going to die. Something's going to happen. Someone's now it's, you know, I give it to you, Lord. I, I give you, I give you control over this. I trust in you. I know whatever happens from day to day, good or bad, you are in control. I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Um, and it's allowed me to have so much more peace. Um, I know he loves me. I know, I know God loves me. Um, I don't take that for granted, um, because he can love me, but I could still be a, a obstinate and difficult child, um, and make him angry with me. But, um, I know he loves me. I didn't know he loved me prior. Um, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that he could love someone like me. And now it's, um, it's just written on my heart that he loves me. And even though there's times where I might feel weak in that or, or just, um, oh, are you sure you love me, Lord? <laughs> For diff- different things I might recall and things where I just want to like cringe over, oh, I can't believe I did that. I, there's just always this, um, 
this little reminder that will kind of pop in there that just, no, no, Therese, I love you. I love you. And um, I'm so grateful for that because I think that that's truly a gift um, to go from feeling very unloved and abandoned to knowing, um, to having the security of love um, f- from from our father, you know, um, and and I I don't take that for granted, or I try not to. Um, so, so that's kind of some of the um, some of the feelings I have after liberation. Um, I think that as time goes on, and I've and I my prayer life changes, and I've increased my mental prayer, and my conversations with the Lord are more. Um, throughout the day, not in like, I don't have to be in a particular place, like on my knees praying in a chapel. You know, I know that there's just this relationship, this conversation, this ongoing, um, commitment, um, that allows me to bring him into my life, um, throughout the day. And so it's, as that has grown, I do find that it's easier to make, um, decisions about things to, um, to have a joy, to, um, to be able to talk more freely about faith with others, which I never could do before. Um, and, and, um, it's really wonderful. And I'm still, I'm still new to this. I'm, you know, if you ask me again, if you ask me to quote, you know, scripture, I would be lost. I I would be lost. I'm still an, an infant in my, in my faith, but, um, I am now that's where, where I'm playing catch up is I'm doing actually the, um, the Bible in a year, um, with father Mike Schmidt. And I, I don't know if anyone else is doing it, but, um, for me, he's bringing it to life in a way that makes it so much easier. I'm, I'm not the best reader. I love to read, but I can't concentrate well. I still do struggle with concentration. Um, but having someone read it out loud and listening and, and, and then having an explanation of it, it's, it's really brought scripture to life for me. And I feel like I'm in the story. I, it's, it's pretty amazing that, that we're all part of this. It's, we are an extension of, of scripture and it's, amazing and I'm also like blown away by how terrible people were in the Old Testament. Um it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> Although when um going through the commandments and then going through all the things that um if you do this then you'll die and if you're this type of person then you should die and I thought oh my goodness I should have been dead a long time ago because I did all these terrible things and it's funny how like the evil one kind of like slips in and tries to manipulate that to make you feel bad about it but what he's really trying to do is to get me turned off to hearing the scriptures and um, to hearing to hearing um, our ancestry and and what um, God had to do for us and he and you know the evil one doesn't want me to hear that because the truth is in that you know and he doesn't want truth he wants us to live with like deception and you know God doesn't love you and you're terrible and um, so I love that I can actually listen and listen through this different um, through different ears than maybe, you know, prior to my liberation, um, where it was always like, um, 
I felt like I was being beat up. I felt like I was being persecuted. Like, like God was speaking directly to me and, um, you know, you're a terrible person. Um, so it's, it's been wonderful. But anyway, my point to that is that, um, now it's about growing in faith, not just in the mental prayer and the relationship, but actually learning my faith better, learning, um, learning what Catholicism is, learning the identity of our faith, um, through, um, through the mass, through scripture, through, um, tradition of the church. And, and I love it and it's beautiful. And I do, I still have, um, I'm much easier offended than I used to be about things. Um, when people speak poorly of, um, our faith or when people speak poorly of Jesus or condemn the blessed mother or whatever the case may be. I, I really, it's, it feels more like a personal attack on me. Um, because I do have this sense of love and, and, and family to me. Like it's, it's like someone attacking my family. Um, and I do think that that came from, um, through my liberation and through the understanding of really that we are all part of the body of Christ um, and understanding what that truly means. So I've been very blessed by a lot of that. So so there is the struggle still. There's the day-to-day struggles of life, of sin, of, of um, just bad choices. But then there's the beauty uh, and the freedom of, of that comes with being liberated, um, that comes with rejecting evil. Um, so I would say in a much, hopefully a much lesser scale for most of you that um, just renouncing, rejecting, repudiating any type of sinfulness, any type of evil spirit that you feel attacking you, just re- rejecting it, removing it from your life, sending it to the foot of the cross um, gives you this freedom in your faith and in your relationship with the Lord that allows him to work and to produce these wonderful fruits, these graces. And, um, it's for all of us. It's not just for someone like me, it's for, for all of us. And he wants to, he wants to bestow that on each one of us. So, um, in prayer, I would just say, you know, ask the Lord to open your heart, to remove any, any barriers that you might have, um, to help you acknowledge any sins that may be keeping you from, from a closer relationship with him. And then just, then just loving him. Like, I I think I, I think I had posted something on Twitter recently that can you imagine the gaze of Christ? Like this, um, you know, as a girl, I think we can relate to this and maybe men can too, but, um, you know, you, there's this desire, I think from the time we're young for, for to, to one day have a man love us, look at us with this deep love in his eyes, um, where you really are confirmed in that, that purity of love and not that men can't love that way because they can, but nobody's going to do it better than Jesus. So could you imagine Jesus looking at you that way? Those beautiful, loving, piercing eyes looking straight through you into your soul and confirming you in that love, in that pure, that purity of love. It's just, I close my eyes sometimes and I just picture that and it's makes all the struggles worth it to know that God loves every single one of us and looks at every single one of us that way or would desire to look at each one of us that way if you would allow him to. So on that note, 
I think we will end. Um, we will just end with a glory be in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends.